For years now, I've heard so many complaints about how expensive it is to live off the grid. Now I hear all about how expensive it is to live sustainably. But is this really true? And even if it is, no matter what the cost, is our convenience really worth compromising our future on this planet? In this episode, I want to closely examine several aspects of sustainable living and compare the cost to a standard way of living. At least if I do that, then you will know which lifestyle is more expensive. So stay tuned for episode 84, which focuses on the true costs of sustainable living. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode 84, which is called The True Cost of Sustainable Living. So before we get started, I want to remind everyone that if you would like to contact me with questions, comments, or even suggestions for podcast content, then please feel free to email me at the adventures in sustainable living at gmail.com. So let's get right down to this week's topic. You know, since I do a lot of reading about living off the grid and sustainability, I'm always open to comments and suggestions from others. And after all, as, as long as I've been living like this, I truly do not know it all. And despite having built two cabins, a greenhouse, a chicken barn, and installing solar, I still come across concepts that I've never even heard of and find myself learning something new. But what I have consistently found is that despite the time and effort it takes for me to learn something new and then complete a project, it seems that I always end up saving money. So for example, last year I had a significant amount of road damage due to one torrential rainstorm after another. And in the past, I've had to pay someone as much as $5,000 to do road repairs. So this time, in my frustration, I learned how to run a large tractor and grade roads I rented equipment and a truck big enough to move it around and did the work myself. And in the end, the best part of it all is that I only spent $900. So it surprises me when someone complains about the cost of living off the grid or the cost of sustainable lifestyle. So what I want to do in this episode is to closely look at several different aspects of sustainable living and compare that to the standard American lifestyle that most of us are accustomed to. 
And the purpose, of course, is to figure out which lifestyle is actually more expensive. But first of all, if you really, truly think about it, in order to live comfortably, all you really, truly need is a shelter to protect yourself from the elements, a way to keep warm, basic electricity for lighting and refrigeration, a source of food and water, and a way to bathe yourself and keep clean. So that being said, after the basics, it is always nice, of course, to have a few extras and some measure of comfort, of course. So let's take a few minutes and examine every one of these basic needs and see if it is actually possible to provide these things for yourself in a sustainable manner and do it inexpensively then and compare that to the traditional lifestyle that most of us are accustomed to. So the first thing on the list here is housing. What does a house actually cost? So this is not something that I'm really going to dwell on so much because there are so many different options available. I mean, if you really want to, if you really have that strong desire, you can buy some raw land and live in a tent or an RV, a yurt, or build a small cabin. And I think it goes without saying that if you have the ability to do a lot of this work yourself, you can, of course, save yourself a considerable amount of money. And also, housing costs are always going to vary considerably depending on where you live. So what I want to do here is I'm just going to talk about the housing cost in Colorado since that's where I live and it'll at least give you some sort of standard of comparison. So for example, at the time of this writing, the cost to build a new home along the Front Range in Colorado is somewhere between $200 and $350 per square foot, which is equal to approximately 9.3 square kilometers. So this summer I am going to or have plans on building a sunroom on the south facing side of the cabin and I am estimating the cost to to run me about $65 per square foot. But I also shopped carefully, I purchased materials on sale, I used some recycled materials and I plan on enlisting the help of some friends. So based on construction cost of $200 per square foot, if I have someone else do the work of this building, this sunroom for me, it could cost me as much as $39,000. But by doing it myself, I expect to pay less than $10,000. So that is some fairly significant savings that I cannot ignore. And despite the time and effort it will take me to do all of this work myself, it would take far more effort to actually raise the money to pay someone else to do the work, as opposed to simply taking the time off work needed to do this project myself. So as far as the cabins on my property, the log cabin cost me only a few thousand dollars to build because I harvested the timber off the property for building materials 
and the newer cabin cost me about $60 per square foot and that includes the solar installation. So as you can see you don't have to pay exorbitant price an, an exorbitant price for a house when there are simply alternative ways of doing it as opposed to shopping online and living in suburbia and just making this decision oh I want this one and then you end up paying a substantial amount of money when you could in fact just do things a little bit what I'm going to say non-traditional and save yourself a considerable amount of cost and this of course is what I have done for many many years now so what about having a source of heat so if you're like me and you live in a colder climate you're going to have to have a source of heat and for me that means a wood stove and once again just back to the average cost in Denver at least the newer homes in Denver are heated with forced air gas and residents pay on average $100 a month during the warmer months and depending on that's of course going to vary depending on the size of their the size of their home but if i had to purchase firewood which i do not then i would spend about $700 per year on firewood to heat the cabin the advantage for me is that i've been taking firewood off of my property for close to 25 years now and I still have plenty left and it, if I get to the point where I have to purchase firewood there are actually ways to do that very very economically and for example last year I got about six cords of wood and all it cost me was the time it took to go pick it up and for all of my time and effort my heating is not only sustainable but it cost me only a few hundred dollars per year, if that. And most other people are paying twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a year for a fossil fuel source that is not sustainable. And the best part for me is that I can control what it costs me for firewood, and you cannot control what your utility service provider is going to charge you. So what about electricity? And this is probably the one basic need that most people have and most people worry about is what about my own source of electricity? Well, one of my favorite things to talk about, of course, is solar. And this is because it is truly one of the easiest and most economical and environmentally friendly ways to run a household from a renewable energy source. And within the last couple of months, you know, I was visiting some friends of mine and helping them with a few home projects. And we got to talking about that possibility of installing solar energy. And one of the first comments was, well, we would like to install solar, but it is too expensive. But is that really the case? So to get some true understanding of this, Let's first take a look at the cost of utilities in the United States. Now, this is going to vary a lot. Again, you know, much like the housing market, it's going to vary a lot on the type of dwelling you have. 
And if you live in an apartment, your average cost is going to be around $240 a month. And homeowners can expect closer to $400 a month. So if you just take an average of that range, it turns out to be about $320 a month for utilities. Now, the initial cost of my solar array at the cabin was $9,500 US dollars. But that also included a nice big battery bank because I am 100% off the grid. So if you divide that figure, $9,500 by $320 that I am saving on utility bills, then my solar array paid for itself in two and a half years. I installed my solar array in October 2016. So what that means is that I have not been paying for electricity for a little over three years now. And what most people probably do not know is that the United States has one of the best climates in the world for solar energy generation. And not only that, we also have some of the best solar manufacturers in the world. And if you are looking to be more sustainable, then generating your own electricity is by far one of the best ways. And by doing so, you take control of your own energy efficiency and you can reduce and even eliminate your dependence on the utility companies. So let's consider some hard facts here and just look at the numbers because I truly think it speaks for itself. The annual energy consumption for a home in the United States is a little over 10,000 kilowatt hours and it's 10,715 kilowatt hours to be exact. If you install a 10 kilowatt solar array, your average annual energy production is going to be a little over 18,000 kilowatts. So already that is more than what the average household consumes in a year. So based on these figures, the average cost of your solar package after tax credits is going to be somewhere between 10 and 20,000 US dollars. And the average payback period is about seven and a half years. And your total savings over a 25 year lifespan of the solar array is going to be an amazing $62,059. And your cost of utilities if you are going to pay a service provider over seven and a half years based on the average costs per month works out to be $28,800. And actually, if you really do the math here based on the, the figures that I'm giving you, your cost savings for installing solar over 25 years is going to be closer to $67,000. So now, the best way, of course, to maximize your savings is going to be to pay cash up front for the solar array. And this is where I think people get hung up and they, they start to shy away from this concept and they start to complain about the cost. And I will have to admit that this is something that got my attention and certainly made even me pucker up a little bit. 
So I got this quote from the, the solar company and <clears throat> they said straight away, if I paid cash, I would get a much better deal. And once I knew that, what I proceeded to do is work really hard for about six months in order to raise the money. So essentially what I was doing was paying up front for all of my electricity for the next two and a half years. But if you really truly do not have the cash, you could go with a loan. And by doing so, you're going to reduce your cost over 25 years to about $35,000. And even if a loan is not possible, you could go with a lease arrangement, but that's going to reduce your savings to about $10,000. So there are three options here for solar application that can really truly fit anyone's budget. But now I think, now that I think about it, there's, there's actually probably a fourth option. And you could pay cash for a smaller array and then expand as you have additional capital. And by doing this, you could spread out the cost and you could be energy independent in five years. So now the way I look at things is that if I were not paying out of pocket for electricity, then you could actually take that money and put it in savings and give yourself a little bit more financial security. So I think if you really truly look at these figures here, I have just busted that myth that having your own electricity is much more expensive. So that being said, allow me to just throw out a couple of very, very interesting facts regarding solar energy. The total solar energy that hits the Earth's surface in one hour equals the total annual energy consumption of everyone on the planet. Just 20 days of sunshine can create the same amount of energy as all of the Earth's coal, oil, and natural gas combined. And in fact, solar is the fastest growing energy source in the world. And additionally, the cost of solar has dropped by 80% since 2008. So knowing all of these things now, most of us have little valid excuse for not going solar and living off a renewable energy source. So, so far here we've covered housing, we've covered heating your home, and we've covered electricity. And I have shown you that living in a more sustainable manner is actually far less expensive. So one of the next most important things and basic things, of course, that we need to survive is, of course, a source of food. So let's talk a little bit about producing your own food and in particular gardening. So when it comes to producing your own food, I, of course, hear all sorts of excuses. Things such as starting a garden is expensive and I don't have the time. I don't have enough space. I don't know how to grow vegetables. So let's just take a few minutes and address some of these 
some of these issues and some of these complaints. So when first establishing a garden, you are going to spend a little bit of money in equipment and supplies, and there's no doubt about that. But if you are creative, you can easily reduce your cost significantly. You can purchase recycled materials, you can go to thrift shops, buy things in bulk, watch for sales on gardening items, and shop online. And there are just all kinds of ways that you can save money. And as far as the time commitment is concerned, once your garden is established, I know plenty of people that only tend to their garden once or twice a week. As far as not having enough space, let me just give you a few examples here. Lettuce can actually be grown with about four heads per square foot. And if you grow year round, you're going to get around 48 servings of vegetables per year. Radishes can be grown about 36 per square foot for a total yield, yield of about 12 bunches of radishes per year. One tomato plant in one square foot will give you about 10 pounds or 4.5 kilograms of tomatoes per year. Believe it or not, you can plant 144 carrots per square foot. Herbs and spices, if pruned and harvested correctly, you can harvest them year-round. Now, as far as the cost estimates are concerned, I'm going to have to admit that I don't typically keep track of my own cost because I've had the same equipment for years and my greenhouse was paid for out of pocket, but I can discuss that here in just a minute. So what I did here is I, I had to review several different sources on uh, a number of different people's experiences about their cost of gardening and so forth, but it turns out I found some very, very interesting facts. And one person in particular said that their annual cost for gardening was about $320. They were able to reduce their grocery bill from $300 a month to $100 a month. Their annual savings on food was about $3,000. And another website I looked at said that a well-maintained garden is going to yield about one half pound of produce per square foot per growing season. So a 600 square foot garden can yield about 300 pounds of fresh produce per year. So once again, you can see I've just busted another myth. As it turns out, it is cheaper to grow your own vegetables. So now back to the subject of my greenhouse. I have about 600 square feet of growing space in an earth sheltered greenhouse that cost me about $6,000 to build. And that includes the initial cost of excavation. And if you look online, greenhouses of similar cost can be as much as $15,000. So now that we've covered this topic of growing your own vegetables, I know exactly what most of you are thinking. You know, you're sitting here thinking, well, raising your own vegetables is great, but what about a source of meat? What about a source of protein? Now, based on my personal experience, 
I am certainly going to be the first to admit that raising a source of meat is much more demanding and takes a much greater commitment. But if done correctly, it is very possible to save a considerable amount of money. But even considering the cost of hay, grain, fencing, barns, vet bills, and all other things necessary to raise your own meat, it is often cheaper to raise your own than to purchase from the supermarket. So for the sake of comparison, broiler chickens cost about $4.40 to raise, which works out to be about 97 cents per pound if you do your own butchering. It can cost as much as $2.20 per pound if you pay for the butchering. Eggs can be produced at 33 cents per pound. Pigs can be raised at $1.69 a pound. And steers can be raised for as little as $1.64 per pound. But some people are going to say, of course, I am not in a position to raise my own meat. And I do, in fact, know a lot of people who are in that very situation. But that being the case, there is still another option. You can buy farm fresh meat and do your own butchering. It will literally save you somewhere between 30 and 50% on the cost of purchasing farm raised organic meat. And I do in fact know this from personal experience from paying butcher shops for processing just because I wanted to, I wanted some specialty stuff that I could not really produce myself at home. But all I can say is I learned a valuable lesson from that. And from now on, I will process everything myself. So once again, it is back to the time, effort, and equipment that's needed to do some of these things for yourself. And of course, the commitment on your part to be a little more independent and provide for yourself instead of depending on someone else. And I also want to point out a very specific example here because the last time I purchased an animal was actually a farm-raised elk and I ended up with 200 pounds of meat which cost me about $600. So that works out to be about $300 per pound plus the time and effort for me to do all of the work and at the time of this writing the price of beef in the supermarket ranges from $5 to $15 a pound. So once again being sustainable turns out to be far less expensive. Alright, so far we've covered housing, heating, electricity, and food. So let's move on to another basic necessity, that being the subject of water and sewer. So now I'm again, I'm once again going to base this on the average cost in Denver. So residents in Denver pay about $55 per month and this allows for about 11,000 gallons of water and that's a total of about $660 per year. The average cost to drill a well ranges from as little as $3,000 
and up to $15,000. And this, of course, depends entirely on how deep you have to drill. And based on those costs and considering the average cost of residential water in Denver, to drill your own well, it may take as long as 22 years to recuperate your to recoup your investment. So, however, the city of Denver is not going to allow you to drill a well, but if you are in a rural area, you are probably not going to have a choice. But if you are like us, we actually haul water to the cabin and the only thing it costs us is the time it takes to fill the water tank on the back of the truck and the cost of gas to drive it a half mile to the cabin. And we also produce our own purified drinking water for about two cents a gallon. So in this particular case, you know, there can be some challenges with supplying your own water. Drilling a well can certainly be expensive and if you're in the city, they're probably not going to allow you to do this anyway. So this is one area to where, depending on your personal situation, your savings uh, may be somewhat marginal. But then, what about the cost of having a septic system? The average cost to install a septic system ranges from $1,500 to $5,000, and that includes the cost of the septic tank. That said, I purchased a really nice fancy composting toilet for about $800 and there are almost no moving parts and that thing likely will last me an entire lifetime. So obviously in, in this example, it's much less expensive and in a lot of ways to stay connected to the city. But in my personal opinion, it really truly depends on whether or not you value your freedom and whether or not it bothers you for someone else to be in control of your resources. But that being said, we happen to live so far out of the way that honestly, we don't have a choice but to be a little creative and to manage our own resources. And it just so happens it saves us a considerable amount of money. And also, just to be fair, we did spend about $300 on an on-demand hot water system, about $100 on a well pump, and about $50 on plumbing materials and another $50 on electrical materials to get hooked up to the battery bank to run the water pump. But then again, the time and the effort spent makes us completely independent. And although it has truly taken a considerable amount of effort through the years, but we are now 100% independent as far as our housing, our electricity, our source of water, our waste disposal, and as each year goes by, we are figuring ways to produce more and more of our own food in a very economical manner. So the thing to consider here is that truly most of us live on far more than we actually need. And if you really break things down to the basic necessities that are needed to live a comfortable life, all you truly need is shelter, a way to keep warm, 
basic electricity for lighting and refrigeration, food of course, a source of water, and a way to keep yourself clean. And I have touched on each one of these areas and proven that living sustainably is far cheaper than traditional living. But if the cost savings are marginal, which is maybe the case for drilling a well for your own water, the substantial savings you have in other areas simply cannot be ignored. The challenge that I think that we have in our culture is that we have such a limited view of the world. We don't even realize that there is a much different way to live life and perhaps even a better way to live our lives. So for example, most people think that when you grow up, you're supposed to buy this house on a 30-year mortgage and then spend the best part of your life paying it off. And when the reality is that there are only a handful of countries on the planet that offer such terms and everyone else just simply has to pay cash. And these days, practically no one thinks in terms of a do-it-yourself starter home, paying cash for it, and then adding on slowly as you come up with the, ex with the additional capital. And when you think about it, if you purchase a home for $100,000 and you pay it off for, for over 30 years, you are actually paying $300,000 for that house. And the only thing that I can ask is how is it that such an arrangement makes sense? But what most people want to do is shop online for a house and say, oh, I want that one. Most people want to flip a switch and have the lights come on. They don't want to worry about how much electricity they're using. And most people want the convenience of going to the supermarket for their food and have the ability to pick out anything they want, anytime they want. So truthfully, folks, the underlying reality is all these years that I have heard so many people talk about how expensive it is to live sustainably or how much it costs to live off the grid, I have realized that the majority of people have no idea what they're talking about because they've never actually tried it. We are so addicted to the convenience of buy now pay later that we never stop to think about how this traps us in this work spend cycle of living that literally robs us of our personal freedom. And furthermore, if it is so much less expensive to be unsustainable and so much less expensive to live connected to the grid, then why is it that the average American has $38,000 worth of debt, not including the mortgage? Why is it that the average American lives paycheck to paycheck? And in fact, 64% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Why is it that the average amount of paid time off for Americans is only 10 days per year. In my opinion, the numbers here, folks, just don't match up. 
And additionally, I have to point out that there is a lot of value in living sustainably that goes well beyond your bank account. Besides having a reduced cost of living and more time off and being debt free, you can actually produce far more security for yourself by simply managing many of your own resources. And that is exactly what I have been doing for many, many years now. Absolutely, I will be the first to admit there is some inconvenience involved. There is some extra work. You can't always have exactly what you want when you want. But look at the benefits. Look at the payback. Look at the payback for your time and effort. More personal security. More time off. Less stress. And the pleasure of being sustainable. And as I have so often said, as long as someone else is in control of your resources, someone else is in control of your life. But it does not really have to be that way. It is possible to live outside the unsustainable system that traps us into thinking we all have to be dependent on something that we cannot control. So I hope in the end here that you're starting to get the picture. That there are, in fact, so many different options for living sustainably. There are so many different ways to build a life that is debt-free and stress-free. You just have to think a little bit differently. You have to be a little bit differently. And in my opinion, if you find yourself following the crowd, all you got to do is run the other way. And one of the underlying concepts that you have to accept is that if you truly want to be sustainable, the simple fact is that you are responsible for everything that you choose to do and everything that you choose not to do. Being sustainable means taking responsibility for managing some of your own resources instead of depending on someone else. And again, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes that means a little inconvenience. But in the end, is our convenience really worth sacrificing our future on this planet? So in the end, I truly hope that some of the concepts I presented here will convince you that there is a different way to live than what we experience in our modern culture these days. And I truly hope this episode has been informative and I have convinced you in the end that living sustainably and even living off the grid is actually less expensive and more rewarding. And also, if you enjoy the content that I produce, then please take the time to leave me with a review and even subscribe to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast as well as my companion blog, off-grid living news and don't forget folks if you would like to contact me with questions comments or even suggestions about content you can reach me at adventures in sustainable living at gmail.com so i want to close this episode with a quote from dwight d eisenhower he once said that a people that values its privileges above its principles soon loses both. 
And likewise, if we continue to value our convenience over the principles of sustainability, there will come a time when we lose the chance to choose. As someone once said to me, you had better choose what kind of future you want before someone chooses it for you. The little choices we make over time define our very existence. And it is time, folks, to live sustainably. This is your host, Patrick, signing off until next week. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.